podcast where we talk about things with one super special guest every week. Just sit back, relax, and hear us speak on This Is Happening, the podcast. Hello, everyone. This is This Is Happening. I am Eric Morris. <laughs> that was so perky, Eric. Hi, everyone. It's Doug Buton. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hi, Eric. Yeah. Hi. hi. Let's hi. let's just jump jump right into it. We have a, a great guest who is um, independently friends with both of us. Indeed. Um, and we've known him uh, decades, you know, very long time. Cumulatively, uh, twenty, twenty-five. <laughs> yeah, could be longer. Um, his name is Guy Shalem. Guy. Hi, 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 hi. Oh, my God. Hi. Now, How are you? Guy, it is so nice. I mean, I have to say, this is also a treat in that we are all in the same room. We are being COVID Presence. cautious and corona careful, but we are also present to the this same This is space. the first time we've done this uh, on a podcast in months. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, you're welcome. It's going to sound better <laughs> than, than our, some of our recent ones where... We've been a combination of Skyping and Zooming. We've, yeah. we've tried all different platforms. Yeah. I will say, though, it is very hot outside here in Los Angeles at our undisclosed location. Yes. It's very, very hot. So um, if we sound hot, that is why. Yes. And we are actually recording in Doug's undisclosed location. Yeah, this is true. Um, because he has central air and he was <laughs> kind enough to invite us in from the heat. Yes, yes. Well, so welcome everyone and especially welcome to our friends in Indonesia. Hey Jakarta, I see you've got fog and the rest of the week is going to be in the 90s. So it's going to be, we're like going to have the same exact weather. We don't have the fog, Jakarta, but we're all in the 90s. So good luck. Stay cool and join us as we talk to our friend, Guy Shalem. Guy is a writer, director, producer of uh, film and television and probably other formats, web series, things. Um, and things. <laughs> Assorted things. Things. So defined. Yeah. Um, you know, and he, he's uh, made things like, um, you know, one of your... Early triumphs was uh, Love Spring International, which was a very funny show on Lifetime, which some other people that we know um, My nemesis were in. Which one? Sam. <laughs> <laughs> you were actually very friendly with with Sam. Oh yeah, yeah. No, Sam and I are friends. But nemesis in terms of you go up to the same nemesis. parts. Yeah. Sam. Me and Jack Popnik. Uh, Jack, yes. less so Jack. Usually it was me, Sam, Octavia Spencer, uh-huh. Brett Nicole <laughs> Brown, and Melissa McCarthy. We were always up for the same role. Amazing. And we would sit in that waiting room and say like, hmm, uh, which direction again. are they going to go in? <laughs> yeah, but no. So it was with Sam, but it was a, it was a great show. It was neck and neck yeah. uh, between you know for bridesmaids. With, it's true. It's true. <laughs> I know. And Wendy McCarthy was and Melissa. I screen tested for Ma <laughs> and the help. Quite frankly. <laughs> You, you as Ma might have yeah, might have worked. That, that, that been might have been interesting. I wouldn't, we wouldn't be sitting in this house. We'd be in a much nicer, undisclosed location. <laughs> anyway, so Guy, yes, Love Spring International and some films. Yeah, I did a movie with uh, Melissa McCarthy actually, but she small, did you? plays a small, small part. Yeah, called the uh, uh, Cook Off. I didn't audition for Bake Off. That Cook Off, Bake Off. I think the present. I also so it's interesting because the, the presentation pilot that we did was called uh, Cook Off. And then uh, mm. it was it was called Bake Off, and then the movie was called Cook Off. Yes, well, you so can't they, have they to Bake change. Off. Yeah, I know. That's the, because of the Pillsbury Bake Off. That's tra- right. We've discussed you this with a previous guest yeah, who was on the great American baking show, which is the bastardization of the GBBO British version, and we talked all about that, how Pillsbury owns the words Bake Off. Yep, yep, yep. So you did that, oh, That's wow. Cook Off, yeah. No, it was an yeah. interesting, low-budget... Uh, Wendy McLennan Covey, in fact, wrote... Uh, really? Because uh, you had just worked with her on Love Spring. It was before Love Spring. We shot it before, and then. Uh, oh, you're it, right. It, yeah. It was kind Sorry. of caught in some legal things. Oh. You know, some not had nothing to do with me. And then, uh, and then ten years later, it, it's prime. It it got released, um, which was by, about a year or two years ago, and, and you can another, now get it on VOD, and everybody's in it. Even even uh, Jennifer Elise uh, Cox, who was also in Love oh, Spring, yeah. was um, in it. Um, Louis Anderson is in it. Like tons of wow. uh, incredible actors in it. Yeah. So where and can people find it on demand? Yeah, easily. Yeah, it's a, it I, still I'm, holds up. It's nice. Where is it on demand? 
Um, I'm sure, you, you know, Lionsgate uh, uh, distributed, so you can find it everywhere. Mark Cirillo is in it. Oh, Mark Cirillo. Your favorite. Yes. Uh, yeah. I believe that's, in fact, how a no guy Shalem is through Mark. <laughs> to Mark, yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. Mark has introduced me but to But we'll get back, we'll get into there. We'll get into that back door in just a little while. <laughs> yes. Um, so, and Guy is from Israel. Uh-huh, born and raised. When did you, um, when did you leave Israel? Um, I first came on a trip uh, after daring my parents mm. that I'm going to take my bar mitzvah money and move to the United States, whether they want me to join them or not. So at age 16, I, I, I uh, took, um, I took a, a tr basically went on my, came on my own with a passport and a little bit of money and traveled to New York. I had family on the East Coast, so I cheated a little bit. I stayed with my family and then... And then um, at moved. 16? At 16. Yeah, wow. by myself. I literally rented a what car. What did you do about I, I just got my driver license in Israel. It mm -hmm. was international. I was able to uh, drive. So flew to LA, on, stayed in the motel, was a little bit on the closet, so I didn't. I was looking for a gay bar, and little did I know that I'm staying in the motel across the street from uh, what's the gay bar in the valley on Ventura, the the western. Oh, taboo. oil can Harry. Oil can Harry. I was literally across oil the street. Oil can Harry's with now a two for one drink special on Wednesdays. Welcome aboard as a sponsor, Oil Can Harry's. It's probably closed. Oh, it's probably closed. <laughs> oil can Harry's, boy, do we miss you and your two for one drink special? Thanks for all your support in the past. When you're oh, operational again, hope you'll come back as a sponsor. <laughs> so you, they were literally your sponsor? No, oh, no, no. Oh, okay, that would have been funny. This is our running guy. <laughs> we have a little like, running bit where I'm trying to manifest. <laughs> Sponsors, so we just thank them. Great. Yeah. And somebody will And then I them. lost my virginity at Rage. Go ahead. Rage? No. You mean actually <laughs> physically? No, lost, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just, in Rage? I'm not thinking I might have all hyperbolized. We, we <laughs> lost our partnership with Rage, so we don't talk about it. <laughs> okay, we do not talk about Rage. Um, Never would so dare. You, you know, what's interesting, though, is here Walking in America, there. like when I was bar mitzvahed, um, and it's very common in America, your parents give you a choice. You can either go to Israel... Huh. Or you can have a party. And, you know, like, if you have a party, then you get the checks. If you go right. to Israel, there ain't no checks. Right. So most people I know are like, oh, no, I want the party. Right, yeah. And then, you know, you can either do your birthright or you can do something to get to Israel another time. Mm -hmm. But you decided sort of to take that money and come here. It's well, like to, do, to, do a, a, to, to basically do the, the praying thing in the temple and to mm -hmm. put the tefillin for a month, if, like, if you... And my family's pretty conservative. That's mandatory. You can't get out of that. Right. I mean, you have to go visit the rabbi, and he teaches you how to read. And we had an advantage, obviously, because I speak Hebrew. But poor Jews around the world, or American Jews, they have to like study it fanatically and like. Which uh, Doug do? I can still. Yes, you can still do the drush. I can still read. Yeah. I can read Hebrew, uh -huh. but they don't actually teach us Hebrew. So I can read just fanatically, yeah, but yeah, I have yeah. no idea what I'm yep, saying. Yep, yep. It's mm. true. And I need the vowels. I would also share with our listeners that in my honor, uh, Doug is wearing a t-shirt that says, Shalom, oh. Shalom, you all. <laughs> no, try again. Shalom, y'all. 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 You know where I got this? Well, I'll tell you. I got this in Savannah, Georgia, um, the, where the Reform Judaism movement started. Really? I grew up as a Reform Jew, and I did not know that Reform Judaism started in Savannah, Georgia. That is where the oldest... A synagogue in America, Reformed synagogue, obviously, because that's where it was founded. It's 18th century. What? Yeah. No idea. No, I, I didn't know either. Who knew? But, yeah. I mean, we've Thanks all seen Driving Miss Daisy. She lived in Georgia. Well, yeah, because... She I'm, was a Jew. I'm sure they Jews said, like, make their way. yeah, we're all for this Judaism, but let's dial it down a few notches <laughs> for yeah. the South. For the South. <laughs> very interesting things in Savannah. They Savannah didn't allow lawyers to come into Georgia. There's a whole thing we learned. Sadly, I don't remember because I was drunk much of that time. But it was quite interesting. <laughs> drunk the most of the time you were I in was, Savannah? I was in Georgia, yeah. Sal and I were obsessed. We wanted to meet. We, were, we went to Savannah and to Charleston, see? And we really wanted to meet Paula Dean, who at the time was still Paula Dean. She wasn't, you know... Uh, canceled. Canceled. And we said we need to come up with a recipe that we could bring something to Paula Dean that we could prepare in our hotel room. We, would, we weren't going to have an oven or anything. And we came up with our invention. 
the Kit Kat Cool Whip Puddin' Pie. And so it was a Kit Kat crust. And in the Kit Kat crust, you put in Cool Whip, you put in Puddin' and Cool Whip and chocolate shavings, and it's Kit Kat Cool Whip Puddin' Pie. And you know what we did? We didn't make it. And then we came back to L.A. <laughs> and you know what? It was disgusting. And you know what? Was it? That it was the most disgusting thing. Sal made it for me for my birthday. And it was so sweet and terrible oh. at the same time. But I digress. Back to Guy. Hi, Guy. <laughs> Guy. But Guy that and I share... Reform Judaism. Guy and I share a love of, uh, of many things culinary. In Guy fact, is Guy's amazing. entrepreneurial... Uh, what was it called? The dinner with the, the meeting of the masters, meeting of the yes. Master, which yes. I went to, and mm-hmm. I mean, I, I so I would like. I want. We need to delve in, Eric. Get get the train get, on the tracks. Go. Yeah, uh. that's your job, Eric. You got it because you got two Jews. We can go on. We can go on a. All right, well, let's, okay, so but I, I, we try to start from the beginning and tell someone's, like, you know, journey. It's not always chronological, but, um... So, your, just, so anyway, I moved parents, here at 16, just so to your, answer your question, 16, and then uh, moved back to Israel. But I'm about Israel. Israel. Like, okay. your, your, your parents, when did they settle in Israel? Oh, so they, uh... Both Where are they pa- from? Both my parents are uh, uh, Egyptian-born Jews. Okay. So I'm actually a Sephardic Jew, despite my extremely pasty, white, uh, very Ashkenazi looking. Red-headed. Yeah, red-headed Ash- uh, Sephardic Jew. My mom was best friends with Omar Sharif's sister. No Growing way. up in uh, Cairo, yes, since we're in a Do you know his dropping. son? Uh, or grandson? I do know his grandson. Omar yeah, we Sharif became Jr. friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <gasps> really? And I try to He's connect. Lovely. Where does he live? Here. He's sometimes here. He, he's he's an international man of mystique. Yes, he oh. is. I try to actually connect his grandmother with my mom, who that that's and and it didn't quite pan out. I don't know if they too too many years have passed. So maybe because my mom moved to Israel, and, you know, learned Hebrew and established herself as an Israeli citizen. That there's no friendship there. But he is also famously kind of Omar Sharif Jr. Famously out and gay and yes. you know, an advocate yes. for. You know, gay Muslims and yeah. wow. you know, he is, he's and there's a lovely guy. I yeah. met him at Roland Emmerich's house mm-hmm. at a party. Um, yeah, weren't you there? Maybe. Think I think you were sponsoring it. Oh, maybe I could, may have been hired. I'm just curious. <clears throat> Sound man, do we hear panting in the background? Oh, I'm sure. Not anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> friends, <laughs> it's not happening. Friends, just so you know, the heavy panting was none of us at the table. It was none other than my dog, <laughs> who is quite old and tired and hot. So Seems if you hear panting, um, zip up your fly. It's not that kind of show. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Not today. False advertising. So they <laughs> moved when? Um, um, they came, they moved to Israel when uh, they were 18. Well, well, my dad was a little older. My mom was 18. My dad was in his 20s. They didn't speak a word in Hebrew. They spoke French, was their mother tongue. They spoke Arabic, which was Israel the Israel was formed in 1948, Yeah, right? so, they, oh, so they moved in the 50s, I think. So they moved after that. They, so they were early the citizens of the new yeah, state yeah, yeah. of mm-hmm. Israel. Yep. And uh, they had you. Do you have siblings? I, I, yeah, I was born, uh, I mean... We don't, in the matter. 70s, but let's say the 80s, yeah. Um, oh. uh, <laughs> you, you were born in the 70s, but you have siblings. I have an older sister who's 17, seven, seven years older and than me. And she lives where? Uh, she lives in Israel. She's still in Israel. She where, has, she has the classic Israel? suburban life with 2.4 kids. And where are the shalom of Israel? Uh, Haifa. 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 So <laughs> did you end up going to college in the States? I did. I, I, did you fi- I did. How did you finish high the school? Only way, no, no, I did. I, I finished high school in Israel. I went back to Israel. That was just for the summer. I was only, oh. here, I was only for a month to check things out. Okay, to so make you sure said that to your parents, assimilate. check it out, Not go that to a Check it out, go to have a drink. <laughs> you know, I'm going to take the my law. bar mitzvah money and... And visit, visit the states. Yes, uh-huh. I, I didn't think. Not I, like leave. I was hoping I'm gonna maybe meet meet someone and, and you know elope and run away. No, no, I, I, I was a pool. Uh, yeah, exactly, and move yeah. in. No, no, I, I was just I, I ultimately just decided I'm gonna uh, check out the, the po- my possibilities, my options, meet with the family here, being to feel like I'm independent, mm-hmm. and then um, I ended up uh, finishing high school. Uh, declaring that's a that's a there's a story there. Declaring that I'm not going to go to the army. Oh, how well, do you that do was, that? Yeah, so, how did you get out of that one? So, um, so first of all, they they threatened they're going to put you in jail. Right. And all your friends, you kind of get disowned and disavowed by everyone. You're like, oh, you're 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 a rebel or or a because everyone a in sinner. Israel has to do two years. 
three yeah, years, three years, mandatory three years uh, as, as a male, two years as a, as a girl. So really, yeah. yeah. What about a lady? A lady. <laughs> so. <laughs> so anyway, no. That so that's it. I was. It was. It was a. It was a challenging time because there was no way out, and I. They. You know. They. They. I would go in for an interview after interview. Eventually, I had to... Interview arguing that you shouldn't have... Yeah, I would go visit with what they call the Kaban, which is the army psychologist. Okay. Uh, The basically, you know, professional psychiatrist or psychologist who volunteer for for the IDF uh, to assess soldiers... And my, even mindset. gay people, everybody. I came said, out. It didn't work. Everybody. Well, what is interesting is that amputees, like everybody. So they they profile you. They don't outlaw f- with a number. You each have. Everybody gets a number. If you're top shape, top IQ, you know, perfect right. fit, you start at ninety seven. You know Alpha why? Male. You know why? You're why? not at hundred. Anybody guesses? Guess because Jews? only God is a hundred. Well, that's close. Um, no, because because every Jew has a little bit of a flaw. Yes. Flaw. I'm doing a hand gesture to see if You're they'll guess. Talking about uh, circumcision. Yes. So you lose three points. What? I know. It's like great. So you start at ninety-seven. So if you weren't, if you come well, out wait, to them, so you that dro- little that your foreskin is worth three? is three points. Three points. You lose three points. I'm not kidding. That's true. Yeah. I've met some people every soldier in Israel. Foreskin is worth seven or eight points. I gotta say. <laughs> so so I came out. I dropped to eighty-four. As a gay man. Oh my god, this oh my god, the competition. But, I can't imagine what I would be like. It's but, like the Hunger but, Games, getting your rating. But you have to get to twenty one to be unfit to serve. Oh, that's a lot. That's From a that's a big drop. Got a lot so do. eventually I had to concoct this whole plan that I'm gonna that I have suicidal tendencies and that I'm not even though every psych, psycholo, psychological test that I went through said I'm very good Jewish boy I had to kind of fake my way into 21 and then as soon as I, I was 21 it took many visits mm-hmm. to the army to get that 21 oh, so stamp successfully and, and got down how them think you're and crazy, they, unfit, crazy they, enough they, to yeah. they excused you yeah Okay. And then I, I was told like I'm never going to be able to get a job in Israel. Usually and you have to do that at 18? At 17. The army? So you, yeah you enroll at, at 18 so I had to you I, do it right after high school yeah Mm-hmm. Before going to college. Yep. So two years. You don't really start college until you're 20. Correct. Three years, you said. Three years. So to, between 18 and 21, you basically, the, some of the best years of your life you have to dedicate yeah. to the army, IDF. You have to co- go, you know. I had no idea. Yeah, pursue. You, you had no idea about the um, mandatory army service in Israel? No, I knew about that. I had no idea that w- you could even get out of oh, it yeah. and what you would have to do to, to get out of yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. Fascinating. Um, and then, and then, so I, then I moved to the States. I, you know, didn't have a green card. There was no way I enrolled in college, a college that basically accepted every single person. It was a tiny college in Hollywood called uh, Columbia College. Anybody heard of it? No. It was. Uh, it only existed for 15 years. It mostly catered to foreign students, and anybody who enrolled, pretty much who had the money to enroll, uh, would get a, a student visa, which is was Did it have altered a motive. Focus to, on film. It was, oh, film, it film, was a film. Yeah, school. yeah, yeah. It was a film school. For I've foreign. never heard of it. Yeah. Well, it doesn't exist. Came now. and went. Uh, well, it, guy is much, much older than any of the rest. Yeah. Of us. Yeah. God bless. Thank you. Thank you. Just wiser. Not true. Guy born in the eighties. Oh, oh the, right, the eighties. The eighteen eighties. <clears throat> okay, you know the gold rush. That's when guy was born. They're gonna edit that part out. Brian um, was born in the eighties. <laughs> okay. You were born in the eighties. Yeah, you were in the nineteen eighties. Eighteen eighties. Yes, hence his character. Uh, and then I got deported. There we go. I thought that will pull back oh, the conversation. Yeah. Uh, deported? <laughs> right? It's got to hijack the conversation. Thanks for giving um, us on track. Yeah, after a few years in L.A. where I hung out with the, all the who's and who's, and I had incredible friends and knew everyone. Uh, I um, from a, And what's interesting is that from a bullied kid who had no friends in Israel... I became the popular kid. So that kind of plays with you a little guy bit. Guy like, came is, back with a story. You know? Guy is an incredible networker. Yeah, he he a, really has a good... A schmoozer. He's I'm a, a good schmoozer. schmoozer. Really, I don't really leave the house. I don't even know what that is. He's also a good He's a good connector. I like to people. connect people. That's mm-hmm. uh, I'm generous with my social equity. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he knows a lot of the right people in Hollywood. 
you know, which is... Um, I think I'm just like my mother. I'm very judgmental. And, hmm. uh, and I think that makes me kind of like, I'm going, that's a good person, not so good. good Do you rate people a, out of 97? You get, you, oh, everybody starts at 97. Uh, <laughs> he's very mercenary. He's like, this Hi, person I'm can't Doug, do anything for Doug, me. I'm sorry after what I've heard today. <laughs> I think I'd maybe you're gonna be... be <laughs> you're actually increasing your <laughs> rating, yeah. Oh. You, you're now closer to 40. Oh. Uh, <laughs> nice. You, Nowhere to go but up. You way overestimated your rating. Apparently. <laughs> so okay, so you you were hobnobbing with the um, you yeah, know, so really interesting other people. people as you as and then you why were you deported? Um, so this is a funny story. I get what kind um, of a thing did you have? You had a, a green, I was uh, you had a. A visa? Student visa? I had a student visa. Yeah. I uh, was going to get married to uh, a, a friend of mine so I can stay in the country. A woman. A, a woman, yeah. The oh. Lesbian, basically. Yeah. And uh, do one of those like green card movie, Gerard Depardieu. Uh, I've been cinema. to one of those. Yeah. Where you have those. to act like you yep, know. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. I've been to a green card wedding yeah. too. Yeah, that's fun. So, um, and, uh, but we, we love, we cared for each other. It was, we were best friends. So it was fun. We lived together. We you actually knew was, how to answer the questions. Yeah, exactly. Right. We actually knew her. I knew her better than most husbands know their wives probably were. Okay, so that's good. Uh, and then, uh, after five, uh, after five years, uh, well, I, I literally the tail end of the process of getting my green card, I get invited to see the set of the Titanic in Mexico. In Mexico. Oh, you're not supposed to cross the border, That's right? Oh, so and you went to Mexico and that got I'm you drunk on the way back. Oh, I'm supposed to, and I swear to God, this is the probably the dumbest. I've had some dumb moments in my life. This is the dumbest. Where the IRS, INS uh, uh, agent winks at you and says, "Tell us you're from America," and I'm like, "No, I'm from Israel." And I'm, I'm so hungover that I'm going, no, but I'm from his... And they're like, right. where are you from? He's literally asking me again yeah. to so give him the correct answer so he can yeah, wave me through. Just wave you. And oh they take me God. to secondary, finally. Because oh, no. I, 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 I insist of having integrity. First lesson of not doing that. And, uh, well, that's gone. And yeah, I know, that's gone. It's gone. Now. It's gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and <laughs> so they, the they, you know, and then, and then the rest is history. What was really was interesting is that when I left Israel at 18, I hated that place. Wait, was, so that, what do you mean, that the rest is history? So right then, did they put you on a plane? They, they, well, they take you through an interview where they try to extract some nefarious details oh, like about you your spy. sham wedding and they get you to admit to a bunch of things. So I was actually in cages with those kids that the, everybody's blaming on Obama. No, well, I have news for you. They existed a long time ago. Right. I was there in those cages with those 16-year-olds who are, by the way, sent with drugs... As mules, yeah, um, and some of them, a lot of them. Okay. I mean, I was strip searched oh. um, by a really attractive. Uh, so I, I almost well, didn't right. want it to so end. The yeah. day wasn't lost. It was, this, that was not lost at all. I was put in jail, <laughs> which is like a converted motel for three days, and by oh, LAX. Got, did you get Star Wars points with that? I did. Room I got to, yeah, room service. I thought I was going to ask you when they, when they deport you, do they fly you like? A commercial airline. They, they fly you uh, to Europe, and from there you're on your own. Could you have so used they fly your miles so to Economy upgrade. Plus? So Was it? That's what, did you? <laughs> no, could you, could you upgrade? They, oh. they, they put you in uh, handcuffs, <gasps> and they you take the handcuffs off. They, they take the handcuffs off on the plane. Oh, okay. Which is kind of interesting, but they but people see it's kind of humiliating. People see you. Who was sitting on. next to you, guy? I don't remember. A regular passenger? Yeah, yeah, Could you imagine yeah, getting yeah. on a plane and the person with next the person to you is in handcuffs? It looks so dangerous because I looked really dangerous. I, mean, I would have been like, there's a be, hot handcuffed they guy take, next to me. They take the the handcuffs off at After your seat? You, at your seat. At the seat. Oh, yeah, my yeah. They God. Have two so agents. you're hauled in and It's handcuffs. fascinating. Nothing to see here, folks. Oh. I mean, <laughs> I can't imagine. Like, yeah. And then this they fly is a you, new feature that Delta offers. They fly you to <laughs> Germany. To of all places, to Frankfurt. Yeah. I mean, uh, 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 can you believe it? Do you know, I, I've spent... Deported as a Jew uh, to, yeah, Germany. to Germany. Right. I mean, they what would, are they thinking? They, and they, they, they want you they to hurry up, then they start yelling, uh, Schnell! That schnell! Was schnell! Juden, Juden, Schnell. very triggering, I have oh. to tell you. We talked about the first Swedish I learned, the first German word I ever learned was Schnell! Juden! Because when you grow up as a Jew, that's yep. what your parents make you watch. We speak a lot of... Uh, we speak like uh, Lieber Mach Frei is There's another a lot one. Of we know, Nazi we know a lot lingo. Of, I know Nazi. 
We it's we true. speak Nazi fluently. Every Jew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so true, guy. Yeah. I I saw Dachau, which is yeah, I've in been Munich, a couple times. Yeah. Um, and we took a bus there. Um, and everything is like you know German, you know names of towns and yeah. everything as they're announcing. Every, and then that when you get to Dachau, they say concentration camp, and it just <laughs> was like. What? Oh, I guess that's us. So we yeah. have to get out here now. It was you very. Have to. And then they yell, Schnee! <laughs> <laughs> it's, te- it's terrible. It was, very, it it was unnerving to hear that, you know. And then. Yeah. And this was in, I don't know, 1990 or so, or. Um, no, it was, yeah, 90. And um, I just remember, see, like, all the old Germans that I would see, I was like, they were all Nazis. Yeah. Well, no, this is what happens all when, Nazis. when I was with my mom and we went. She had her teeth pulled because she had the cancer, and the doctor says you have to have all the teeth taken out. <laughs> and this this guy Ralph, who was you know in his seventies or eighties, and I was like, where were you fifty years ago? Like I, you know, and here he's pulling out my mother's teeth. That's all. <laughs> that is all yeah, I, I, I have a lot time. of experience. <laughs> a lot of practice. <laughs> Yanking out yes. the teeth I of that's all I could think about. No, the- and then the nurse said, the nurse said to us, Oh, you know the ambulance song? Uh-huh. Too late, too late, too late. That was the ambulance oh. song. That was that was my first trip to Germany. But fun. Oh, jeez. Anyway. We, we, did he, when he set her down, did he go like, relax, I have done this many, yeah. many times, <laughs> especially with a youth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it, was, That's, it was terrible. But I've been back to Germany maybe more than any other country in Europe. I've spent more time in Germany than anywhere else. I oh, actually really? love Germany. I love that was the last place I was before all this COVID. Pre-corona. Yeah. Um, it was in Hamburg. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, in any case, um, so you were um, uh, deported. Yes, that'd be at 24. And then when I got back, I had my shit together. So. Uh, so how long were you in Israel then? I was I was gone for six months. Okay. And I had to file for parole, because apparently there's a stamp in my passport when you get deported that you're not welcome in the state for 10 years. Goodbye. That's it. Ten years. Goodbye. Yeah. Oh. You you can you can come back in ten years, but like so that's really pretty cool. Parole? But I had a I had a cake in the oven. You know, I left. I was like, I went to see the set of Titanic. I didn't right, know. I'm gonna, you never came back. Uh, oh God! Did you have to? Were you able to like, <laughs> let people know? Like, thank God you didn't have a pet. I literally said that to them. That was one of my to-go-to lines. With the I was trying to see if they'll were you renting, crack a smile. The, you were the, renting uh, a place the immigration. and everything. And... Uh, yeah, I, I lived with Rainey. We were about to get married. We, so, so we were. Go, I was gonna stay and you know right. produce this film. Well, actually, you know, we produced the film. We're gonna uh, edit it, and um, and and I couldn't believe that I, I find myself in my high school, my my, uh, you know, the, the house I grew up in, staring at the wall, going, what what what, what now? Yeah. Like the five years I've. So you had to apply spent. to be able to come back. Yeah, so you have to apply for a parole. Are you here? And only one die? in 10,000. Yeah, I'm a citizen now. With us? I am oh, a citizen. Okay. Oh, those uh, knocks okay. on the door. What yeah, is it? Exactly. You didn't, you didn't. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> call back. <laughs> hey, guy, I'm going to the set of Titanic 2, Resurrection. Want to come? Uh, okay, back from the ice? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, it's great. How come they, they should have done a sequel? Totally. People would have bought it. Of Titanic. This, <laughs> <laughs> I think they pretty much covered the story. Well... Did they? I think they did. What was he? What's he called? Cameron? What's his name? Yeah, James, Cameron. James, James Cameron. James Cameron. Yeah. Couldn't he squeeze out a sequel? He hasn't been able to squeeze out a sequel to Avatar. So he's working uh, very hard on Avatar, yeah, Underworld, or something. Good like luck, that. Jim. Yep. <laughs> and thanks for underwriting all of next year of This Is Happening. Ooh. Generous. <laughs> wow, and you're aiming Keck, high. I love it. We have the Keck Foundation, <laughs> Bill and Melinda Gates. Of course. Well, they, you know, they'll sponsor anything. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So there you are. You're, you're in Israel. You apply. You come back. Yeah. No. What else? In the six months I was in Israel, I actually fell in love. I had a boyfriend. I oh. secretly I didn't. I got an incredibly well-paying job, which is what afforded me to hire very expensive lawyers who would. Um, you know, file for this parole and get me back because you, you, it's, you according to a couple of lawyers, one in 10,000 people get that stamp revoked. And uh, so I had uh, all the odds against me. Wow. Uh, that as far as I was concerned, I started my life in Israel. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, so saying to myself, job? 
Um, I I produced and uh, I got involved then in post production uh, for um, that's how I learned how to edit uh, high end commercials, mm-hmm. like huge national commercials in Israel. And because there weren't a lot of editors at the time who had my kind of by now already a little bit American sensibilities, I was in high demand and I climbed up the ladder. Uh, and before I know it, I was cutting some of the largest campaigns in Israel. And post-supervising was well that's great though I mean that's not only is that a great skill but that is what led you to become this filmmaker yep yep when I got back that allowed me to opened a lot of opportunities for me because you had graduated from Columbia I didn't I I quit after two two years which is what like a fraud is your name even God (laughs) no it's it's Gui 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 um so yeah so you had gone for two years for two years and then you just started working well, no, I produced this movie, and then I got deported. Right. So, so that's kind of like roughly the timeline. I didn't, I didn't enroll in college until I was like twenty, I think. Okay. So then you kind of so continued. By the time, you kind of continued, you know, like learning things on know, my own. by working your way up editing. Yeah, I mean, in part, Israel. Part, part of what I, I was told by a lot of mentors was take next year's tuition and invest in a film. You'll learn a lot more than what those teachers have to teach you. I mean, come on, there were, avids were coming out, people were starting to edit digitally, and they were teaching us how to cut on the moviola. I mean, seriously. Splicing film. Splicing film. Yeah. Like, what do you... I don't even know what this means. That's that mean flat bread. Like, you were actually cut the, cut the avids film. were I've coming out. Like, okay, yeah. Who is, do, like, the schools were not preparing us for the future, they were preparing us for the past. Right. And uh, I wasn't, uh, I was, so I wasn't, I wasn't that excited about film school. I went and made an independent film. In uh, Israel, was, cutting all these commercials. What? It was a tiny little uh, feature that didn't, never got distributed. Which you made in Israel. I made here. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. that's how you came back. How I came back, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was, so did you get one of those visas of like, you know, no, no, no. extraordinary so, so my or... wife... My, the oh, you actually did I ended up getting married. You did. She flew to Israel. She uh, petitioned for her dear husband to come back to her dying, what crying What a good friend. She arms. continued yeah. with that. Did you pay for her charade. flight? Of course. And her girlfriend. Shh. Oh, she oh. had a girlfriend? Oh, I didn't know. Oh. What? Really? Um, yes. Oof. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, so we literally, the, th- the three of us, uh, go to the... Embassy. Won, you won the case. So won the case. Able to come back. I was kind of, after having this prosperous life, hanging out with celebrities, doing high-end commercials, I almost didn't want to come back. Well, that's what I was going to so like, interesting. Why, the why country come back that, other than to pick up your shit and get the cake out of the oven? Like, <laughs> if you were having fully this, baked this by good them. life, why leave this good life to um, go to this it's, sort of unknown? It, it's an interesting question, and it goes into the theme of my life. It's always by the time I get what I want... It always seems like careful what you wish for because you might just get it. Mm-hmm. Sent, you know, uh, idiom. I believe in that hundred percent. It's like I didn't want to live in Israel, and all of a sudden I discovered this whole other life that I don't see anything wrong with living. But then now I can't not come back because I have a lot of friends, and I right. promised to myself that I'm gonna get a studio deal, and I'm gonna. And I had to be true right. to you my. You set up some expectations. I, I had to, yeah, I had to live up to my own expectations. I was also young enough to st- to still start a life again, um, and things just took off from the minute I got back. I got like uh, this job, and I got a deal with Buena Vista, and I sold a reality show, and that le- le- led to me starting to do a bunch of uh, semi-scripted stuff because I was really good at working with assisted reality, kind of mm-hmm. like starting to script reality. Is that what they is, call it, assisted reality? It's Yeah, assisted reality is like a reality that has a little bit of... Reality know, plus. Uh, yeah, reality plus. A lot There's a lot more of that now than there yes. was. Uh, and I got a representation. I was like with Endeavor, and then I, I uh, got a deal with Fox. I was with Fox for a few years. I developed tons of stuff. My so you're first, really making a name for yourself. Yeah, my first lesson working at a studio was... You most like if you do edgy if you do things outside the box most likely you will sell it only if your studio deal is over. So a lot of the Love Spring, for example, was a property that we got on the air despite the hundred of I think a hundred plus uh, pilots or pilot presentations that I did for Fox. None of them got on the air, but Love Spring was something that was carved out of my deal. We put it on the air because Eric McCormick saw it and uh, thought and it was he, is brilliant, edgy, and then and then he he ushered it right, to the next right. level. He but got attached talks. as an executive producer. Yeah, and then so, but you had already shot it before. You shot mm-hmm. it the pilot before. I shot the pilot presentation that uh, I paid for. 
Uh, Jane Lynch was not involved. It was Kathy Griffin. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and um, uh, Cartwright. What's her name? Uh, Van- Van- Vanessa oh. from Alien. From, uh, Veronica. Veronica Cartwright. Veronica. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> oh, she, she, really she was lovely. Oh, Clyde. I think I broke my legs. From a wonderful uh, monologue from the Witches of Eastwick. Witches of Eastwick, I love that film. Yeah, yeah, she's genius. Yep. And so it was fun. I got to work with a lot of wonderful people. Do a lot of really fun work. And, so you uh, that pilot presentation though that sold it, but then you recast. I, I we we it was it made it circles. For what happened at with least Kathy Griffin? Yeah, what, what happened to Kathy Griffin? So the note from from Lifetime, who ultimately bought it, was she's she was too Kathy. That was the note. Hmm. I've gotten worse notes. I've gotten like, you need more va-va-voom in the treatment. <laughs> was was Sam or, in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody was attached. And was Jack, replaced Jack, uh, Jack, pretty much, you know, and Wendy cast and... it. I would say he put it together. Um, he Wendy, was one Wendy of the... McLean Covey and I fell in love at first sight. I think that's when we started working together. So, so Jack found much of the cast. Yeah, it, it was all Jack's friends. Here. I basically found. The cast through Jack. Right. Jack you found like the hub, and he cast speak, all the Speaking of somebody who's very resourceful with uh, people, I was like every every time I would call Jack, and like he knew exactly. I love Jack. I, I am in a web series with Jack. You should have him on the show. We will. I, he has said he would. We just haven't. We will. Okay. Um, he's on the list. He's on the list. Uh, but we were both in. It's Bra- a risky booking, guys. It is. It's, a very it's tough. Risky booking. We're I had both to bring my A list. Um, in Game. Brandon Rogers' Blame the Hero, I'm playing Hitler's father, and he plays. Hitler's mother. Oh, lovely! Um, it's a it's, it's a comedic. I was going to say earlier is that we need more Holocaust comedy. Like <laughs> so we had such like just so true. springtime for Hitler mm. was great, but enough. Like yeah. you know, we need I'm, more. I agree. I'm right. It's, it's nothing, actually nothing says comedy like the Holocaust. You the can't little... say too soon anymore. You can't. It's just <laughs> no. it's been over. Yeah. And there's been enough other things, right? <laughs> the little Hitler. Um, uh, uh, Plot line in that is is just one of many. It's really, the blame the hero is not strictly about the Nazis. Okay, but it, right. someone goes back in time so throughout something to hope for mm-hmm. throughout history, and one of the places he ends up is in front of Hitler. Mm-hmm. But um, in any case, that's where I worked with Jack, and I but I've known him forever. Too. Yeah, he's, he's great. He's I great, and Sam is hilarious. I actually went back and watched clips that I could find of Love Scream because I remember really really liking it. And you know, it was it was a largely improvised mm-hmm. comedy mm-hmm. about um, a dating service, mm-hmm. right at the cusp of when dating apps and online dating services were starting. So, right. like, it was obviously like a dying industry, mm-hmm. and it's very funny. I mean, they would have you know, you know, it's like, oh, that's a that's a that's a gold level VIP client, you know, and they, it, yeah. And there's there's one episode where Sean Hayes oh, yeah. of Will and Grace is you know plays a, plays a, a cannibal <laughs> who has concocted this story of being you know trapped in a car crash or something in Big Bear. No, no, Bear. it's a true story. My my pitch to my partner was that um, we got to make fun of the movie Alive, where the <laughs> athletes ate each other to survive oh, on the right. snow. So we're going okay. We got to because I would come up with these really crazy dark stories, and the pitch was. It's a because Sean said to us anything I'll play anything just not gay because mm-hmm. he was coming off of Will and Grace like enough he said well, okay well I, I, he's still flamboyant and it's got to be something there's got to be something kind of sinister to him perfect he him and his wife crashed on the side of the mountain in the snow she begged him to eat her so he can stay alive that was the that, that was the setup the, that is but the then, job of so, a wife and so it? then and he yeah. goes he goes on talk shows and tells this story and everyone feels sorry for him yeah and, and then, then when Sam he's Pancake. alone with Sam he tells him the truth he's like well, that was just a delicious convenience <laughs> or something like that you know? yeah it was kind of funny and he you know and he was just like oh you know and he just like he said he loved it and he just you know and he would Love to be trapped with a woman again and have an excuse to to eat to her. Eat yep, her. Yep. <laughs> it was a closeted. At uh, one point, he's like standing behind Jane Lynch and miming, like eating her, and right. gaslighting Sam. Only, you know, Sam right. is the only one that that, that sees knows. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And we and I, I would, I would literally have a list of the darkest uh, Maria Full of Grace, which I experienced as a, somebody who got deported. An episode, I think seven or eight, we had Michael McDonald play. Uh, somebody who was the contact person. I was kind of wondering, the mules that come across the border, did they have to meet a contact person? 
So Lovespring rents a room to a Michael McDonald playing the contact person for mules crossing the border. Oh, he's the, dis- extra- the extractor. He's extractor. The extractor of the and um, the balloon and, animals. How does he fit into a dating? We- a well, dating he, they company. they're desperate for what, money. They don't deserve they're, love. They're renting. <laughs> no, they're renting. Oh, a they're room. Re- oh, they're renting. They're renting a, a room, office. An office, yeah. <laughs> and they don't understand why they're all these like mixed. <laughs> and he pretends to be a masseur. They're like, wow, he's got a high percentage of, uh, you know, Latino clientele. Foreign clients. (laughs) And so so that, but that. Rectal problems. Right. So we had a lot of, we would, we would, uh, Brad and I would, would tackle any idea that was just, that you'll never see on the office, let's put Mm -hmm. it that way, which was really our competition. I was going to say that the the, the vibe of Love Spring is, the office office. on crack. Yeah, Yeah, it was. But, but uh, I mean, the office, I believe is, Largely scripted. I mean, I'm yeah. sure they let people riff and stuff. But I think every, I think um, it is scripted. Scripted. I, it yeah. just so happened that they're rerunning like a marathon of it right now. So I've been watching a lot of The Office of late, and it's it it it, it is scripted. But but right. Love Spring was entirely improvised, right? No, no, I mean, we, you, had you, you had a, we had stories. We had a very detailed yeah, yeah, sto- uh, and lines, suggested lines. Oh, oh, you did. So like the line where he says, uh, "I she was a delicious convenient for me." That was scripted. Or like okay. the line where she goes, uh, she uh, uh, she said, hold on, she said, please eat me, and then start dating again. That's a written line. So the lines, the key lines that lead the plot were written. Right. It's just that the fun stuff that they would come up with on the fly. That you just and can't, all the you can't script sometimes. All the, That's just it, the deliciousness of the awkwardness. And, you and know. a lot of times, especially in the style of shooting that, that you do, right. a lot of times it's it's not... It's not the people who are talking who are the most interesting to watch. It's the, it's the reaction. Are, yeah, it's, yeah. it's all the reaction. So. Yep, yep. Yeah. And you had, a, it was an amazing cast. I mean, you know, Jennifer mm-hmm. Lee Cox is hilarious in that, and Wendy McClellan Covey, and yeah. all, all those people. Yeah. Um, Super funny people. Yeah. So, and but, also it's like, it was like, but it's interesting that, that Lifetime picked it up. I think if it had been a different network, maybe yeah, if it, it had been, been Comedy been Central yeah, or yeah. something, because like it was, Lifetime has never done anything like that before or yep, since. Yep. So it was something that didn't quite fit into their programming. It was it was mostly because what we what you don't I'll tell you a little behind the scenes story, which is pretty obvious and easy to research. Uh, the person who kept it going, uh, who suggested to Suzanne Daniels, who's now running YouTube, she used to run Lifetime. Uh, and it was made by Lionsgate, Suzanne, right? Yes, he, the, the deficit production company is Lionsgate. Uh, Kevin Beggs was a big fan, but Suzanne Daniels is married to who showruns the Office. Craig Daniels. Oh. So the showrunner of The Office keeps telling his wife, About, keep this on the air, this yeah. is really good. So you have a cultural, mm. like a lot of people at Lifetime didn't think it was funny and uh, or offensive. They found it to be very offensive. Right. Well, uh, it, it, again, it just didn't fit in yeah, that Lifetime that culture. lineup. Yeah. It's not part of their portfolio, you know. But it, but it was hysterical. Yeah, it really was. But yeah. you know what wasn't hysterical? What is it called? Ronnie and I? That was not hysterical. That is not hysterical. I was so aggravated Did by you this film. Aggravated? Yes. Like short okay. film? Yes. This is a short film that Guy created a couple of years ago that you can watch on YouTube. It everywhere, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's on YouTube. It's aggravating because these are two terribly fit, terribly attractive <laughs> youngsters discovering their love and one's in love with the other and the other guys are like, okay, let's do it. And there's all this camera of him shooting up. And you know, that's what I found the most aggravating because <laughs> that is the worst angle for me and for anybody. <laughs> and they made it look good. Successful size. <laughs> and they sold it and I was pissed off. I said, how the fuck can I shoot this camera going up? Do you know how many every chins zoom, I auditioned? Yeah, I've I, auditioned like thousands of chins. I am okay. not surprised. Just a chin. Um, <laughs> I, found it, I, was, I was furious. You should, when I shoot like a, a video, a selfie, anything, I, I practically put my camera on the ceiling and I just look Look up. Me too. I'm floor. always like higher. Needs to be higher. And here are these two little <laughs> schmendricks who are about their taut bodies shooting in a car and up. T- oh, I, I, so I had a real difficult time with it. <laughs> and also when they were standing on the edge of a cliff. I oh yeah, yeah. That's no a scary safe, moment. That yeah, yeah. Not, there's that, no safety protocol. That was Adam's idea, and um, and he went for it. The snake. Also grabbing the snake. <gasps> so two things I, I kept saying to Adam after that's after not a the, euphemism listeners especially yeah. in Indonesia where there are snakes he touched a snake and he we touched, don't recommend that he touched his snake yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, but the, the, this short film that you created is 
really beautiful. Thank I, you. I think, and it's so interesting if you read the comments from the people who have watched it. Insane. There are so many people who say uh, this is the fifth time I've seen it, or I've, I can't count how many times I've seen it. And it's about what eighteen minutes or so. It's twenty minutes. It's, 20 it's minutes. eight. Yeah, nineteen or twenty. Uh, depends. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting about it is the so a lot of the times I would read the comments and they come from married women in another country that doesn't even have a gay culture. So like it has, for example, a huge following in China, which is very, the party is kind of against, you know, yeah. but yeah. because it's the, the story, if you think about it, is more of a bromance. Yes, there's a little bit of intimacy, but it's but it's mostly a bromance. It's oh, not like absolutely. a typical gay movie. So so it's accepted. It's 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 in in a way it kind of crossed a, a boundary that I didn't think um, will 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 successfully do. In fact, before we were shooting the the story, I pitched it to a bunch of writer friends of mine. They all said we're never gonna buy a story about um, uh, a story like that mm -hmm. for those who've seen it. Mm -hmm. uh, the conceit is too. The thing that I love about yeah, it's autobiographical. the thing that I really love about oh, yeah. Ronnie and I, um, I mean, it's a moving story. You know, one one that I relate to. It's a, you know, it's about you know someone who who kind of has grown up with you know this friend that they you know are kind of in love with with and, an aspirational chin. There you go. A lot of people don't know that. It's a, I think the only reason it did work is because as 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 Doug just a lot of people don't know it is autobiographical. Like it is. Right. It, it actually happened to me only when I was younger, in Israel, and it went on for years, and that's one of the reasons that. You know, trying to turn it into a feature because the real story starts years later when we mm. reconnected as wow. adults. But again, what I what I love I about it is, and I think what makes it you know so timely now is the way that it is. Like you said, it's it, it's shot by one you know by one of the actors on an iPhone. Most of it, not um, all of it. So, right, of yeah, course. Yeah. There's 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 yeah, moments. There's you. <laughs> there's moments where it, it pulls pulls back, and yeah. there's you know a couple of other shots, but it's mainly, which I think is such an effective way of telling a story for today's audiences mm -hmm. now, because people the are Instagram used to watching generation. Instagram stories yep. and TikTok and you know all these things where people are filming themselves, and you know to have a character that is you know obsessively documenting his life i think is a very you know 2020 you know kind of like phenomenon yeah um, yeah we shot it in 2013 before two years before tangerine was made so we were the the first film to shot do all on these iphone festival circuits that was shot entirely on an iphone um yeah and and it was it was kind of interesting that i i didn't to be honest i as much as i I'll, i get the credit for it i didn't think it's going to hold up for this long really i we I, we intentionally we we tested a 30 minute cut to see at what point the audience is going to get bored and it, it, everybody want, liked it. So we ended up settling on 20 minutes. Um, but there's, it's almost like a language, a visual, uh, my friend David calls it a visual vocabulary that is so revolutionary that you, you, you can tell, uh, the audience forgets that they're watching something in a new format. Mm -hmm. You know? It, well, yeah, I mean, it felt very comfortable. It didn't feel foreign. Right. I only watched it recently, but you know, it, it definitely, it felt, Intimate, it felt real, it, 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 and uh, you know, you're watching it on a computer as well, so it... Well, it feels like you're with these people, yeah, you yeah. know, in a part of the little weekend, you know, that they're having. So, so Guy the, the, is now um, working on adapting it into a feature, and... Um, actually not adapting, continuing the story. Ex exactly. With the same, yeah. Using, using incorpor like incorporating some yeah. of it and continuing it. Did you see that um, docu-series... Seven Up? Seven up. I knew you were gonna say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I've well, just, I waited for the actors to get older, just like I've just, just like Seven Up. Yeah. I've just started watching. It's it. great. I'm now. I think where they're 56. Do you know about this series? I do. Oh, yeah. He's Michael Apted. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's fascinating, isn't yeah. it? Some of them. Well, Boyhood too. What a brave yes, endeavor absolutely. to follow the I actors love, as they I love this, But this started in 1963. Yeah, so I amazing. Mean, it was so revolutionary. Yep, yep, yep. yep. That, you know, that, and it's amazing that he had the you know wherewithal and lived long enough to make. He did, and also and the, and the they continue. Yeah. Continue to one, participate. One yeah. Not that in that one guy was such an asshole. The one, you know, that super snooty guy, and then he dropped out. I think they made the last one pretty recently. Yeah, but that's the, the final one. The snooty guy 
withdrew from from the series. Oh, he did. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Okay. I haven't I seen. Watch that. I didn't see the last one, but so, yeah, some. They're great. But yeah, so anyway, but that that's so that's the idea is to do like a boyhood meets um, uh, moon, moonlight basically, where it's it's we we wait for the actors. We actually show the the backstory because we have all this incredible footage that we ha- people haven't seen from 2013 when we shot the short oh, that is going to be interwoven into the feature and and I think the feature you know you know what I can tell though it's mi- what is currently missing is sort of a Doug Buden feel. It, it's missing a yeah. So you're gonna have to <laughs> presence. Yeah. You're gonna have to presence. send your chin audition. Uh, yeah, that's, it's called chin. It's another chin role I'm gonna lose to fucking Octavia Spencer. <laughs> but she's had the work done. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. I'll start now. This works. My wrist has never been thinner. Thanks. Try this crowd. Um, but like you know, like other of your work, you know that was. You know something that you you had a you know a detailed backstory for the characters mm-hmm. and you based it on your own um, you know history and, and a relationship that you had with with a real person, um, but it's you know all the dialogue in it and it, it it's all improvised. Mm-hmm. You know they just um, so that too that they need to hit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I mean a, you had goals. I would say unlike and Love locations. Spring, this Orion I was was far more improvised. Love Spring was we knew the beats because you have a big cast and these are professional actors. There's only so much space. Yeah, they need to know where they're standing. Ronnie and I well, was and you really had a, interesting. You had a crew work. and a, a set. Well, it was you know. basically taking myself back to film school. It was uh, yeah. I literally cast. I did the makeup. I produced it. I location scouted. I edited, directed, wrote. Like there's no, there's nobody else. Uh, so, so it was really interesting practice of like, what can you do by yourself with an iPhone? Even and, logistically, I'm I'm curious yeah, now sure. that because I didn't ask you this before, but um, when Adam is shooting it, yes, um, the character who's the actor is actually named Adam as well. When yep. he's shooting. Do you, you is that fed into some sort of monitor that you're no, looking no, no. at? No, no, no. So the way it works, uh, we we waited for a good iPhone 4s, I think, to come out. That had the first HD capabilities. Uh, we shot the movie, I think, a couple of months after the uh, the a good iPhone capable. We I bought two, mm-hmm. and what I would do is have Adam do the scene with one, and then I would actually shoot B-roll or other things that I need. And then after five minutes of him shooting something, I would we would switch phone, go do it again, and I would in the meantime in the back seat of the car literally watch what he did and right. go, no, 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 that's the wrong angle or do it this way. You'd or, watch or, it while he's shooting yeah, with the with other the phone? Yeah, with the headset. Yeah. I'm not kidding. There would be like a, the process of <laughs> playing the real time. It's kind of amazing. Real time dailies. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and when we did a lot of the intimate scenes in the hotel room, and I have footage of this. I'll show you later. Um, um, I'm hiding in the closet. Do you know the mirror closet? I'm actually behind that mirror. I'm in the closet directing a, right. a movie about my coming out story. But um, now I wonder. So, so meta. meta. It's so meta. <laughs> now I wonder, is there a way to have yeah, what easy. someone's shooting on a, you know, on an iPhone transmitted yeah, in real time to some sort of monitor. Well, yeah, technology yeah. has changed. So like you could be in the corner of a room or in the next room or whatever the, looking at what they're shooting. I tell you, there's something about the process of even now like we're working on a script for the feature. There's something that always terrifies me about over planning for a process like this is that yes, you get good content and it's obviously good too. Everyone, everybody's on board and everybody on the same page. But there's something about the ending scene, which is so magical, where we didn't expect it to happen on that dune, where they took, you know, there's so much pressure on Adam to have that emotional moment, mm-hmm. the dune with the tear, and, and, and meanwhile, I'm with the second iPhone capturing this dolphin jumping out of the water at the exact second. So those, all these, like, magical moments, it's hard to plan for that. That's like... Oh, uh, no, I agree. Uh, my friend uh, who just won the Oscar for editing a big movie said, that's, that's God's touch. That's when he, you know, it happens on big movies. It happens on small movies. It's it's God's touch. That's one of the you things can't take that, the credit for that. It's like uh, that's one of the things that is very exciting about it to me. I, I I love the you know the methodology, you know of it and just and the the opportunity for discovery yeah. and for magic to happen. I I think it's really exciting and it's one of the reasons I have am you know diving in to help a guy get it made. Yeah, Eric. Uh, Eric is uh, taking the torch to uh, take it to the Fantastic. next level. I know we're yeah. very excited to have him on board. 
Um, I'm excited about it because I, I, I just I, I'm very excited about you know making a, a movie that way you know with with a with a handheld iPhone. But we'll be the first. We'll be the first feature who's done that, who's actually pulled off the same level of plot and performance and and intricacy in that language where it's all shot from the first person perspective. But I right and with, I with, with, that hasn't you know. I think that that today's audience is even more ready than I, any previous audience to watch a film made that way. And we get the credit for doing that for 10 years or almost you know right starting that that process well that's and that's something that no one can recreate i mean you have yeah. you know footage from seven incredible footage. eight years yeah. ago mm-hmm. um that you know and that and the actors have actually aged up and you know you can tell a story that's very real you know um, yeah, and, and just like an adam hasn't aged aged very little <laughs> is that true and has aged a little bit more they both gorgeous still but but uh, what's interesting is that like the real ronnie luke Luke, sorry, Luke in yeah, the, in the Luke who plays Ronnie, um, uh, Luke who's Jane Lynch's godson, uh, has as uh, you know is getting married or got married, got married already to a woman. So it's very much of life imitating art between the characters and the actors and myself and what happened to me and what happened to them. Are any of them deported? Uh, no, but I'm, I'm They're both American. I'm, I'm working on it. But guy who's talking about how it parallels his oh, well, method yeah. method. Uh, why didn't, why didn't you try acting? <laughs> Don't look now. I'm acting. So, and it, as it makes sense in, in some of the things that you've worked on, you also have worked in reality television. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's something that you're kind of doing a lot of now. Lately, you're yeah. doing a lot of pilots. And, um, yeah, and I just set up so another show. I just started, Yeah, I'm keeping busy. I just finished. Uh, so one of my mentors is... I wish, you know, a career that we all probably wish for, the father of reality show, John Lou Murray. Lou <laughs> John, John Murray. John Murray of Bunnam Murray. Bunnam Murray. Who, so he's like, real created world. the real world. Created the real world, and then 80 other shows. Also after. did so from the Kardashians. Keeping up the Kardashians. He's done tons of I thought that was, Pro- Project Runway. Seacrest. Seacrest was one of the people that discovered them, but John and he, Mary, Mary, uh, Mary Allison. Mary. And Their really, company made the show. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And the wonderful Jeff Jenkins, who also worked for them. Well, I think, uh, so um, they've done many, Project Runway, they've done a lot of shows. And, and he asked me, right when COVID broke out, to, do a, uh, to produce a, kind of a documentary, one-man show thing about his life. And that's hopefully going to come out when we come out of this plague. Um, I know, right? Knock on wood. Uh, we, I'm also uh, sold a couple of shows to ITV. One um, is about uh, the world of uh, um, uh, rap, car raps. Anybody familiar? Like all these nice... I don't know what those two words mean. Ca- car raps with like the W. No, it's like all the fancy... W-R-A-P? Yeah, R- yeah R-A-P, yeah. Oh, R A. Like when you wrap, when you wrap. Of, oh, you can you wrap literally a car. wrap a car like a present, but it, it, it's with, a vinyl wrap. Oh, okay. That makes the car you. look really fancy and nice yeah. and expensive, and a lot of celebrities are doing it now. And it's like it's a huge yeah, industry. It's a, thing. it's a billion. Flames. Thing. Flames on the I just f- got a new car. I still don't know what the color is. I've been driving this car so, now I mean, for two months. I don't. I couldn't tell you what my color certain is. Certain companies have used it for marketing. Like you could wrap it in something that you're advertising. You yes. can make Same. passive income that way. Yeah, uh, it's I, huge. When we, Eric, you and I were in um, Park City, Utah, and uh, <laughs> then we had somebody over to the home who drove a car. That, oh, it was the guy who designed the Queer Lounge. He drove a car that was like Dr. Dentist, and it was shaped, his car looked like a big tooth. It was wrapped like a big tooth, and we were like, "What? What are you? You're a designer, what?" And he said, "Oh, I make three hundred dollars a week by having advertising this dentist, and he drives around in a car." Because yeah, he was no, local that's a lot of people use that. City, yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's a big business. It's really it's like a ten billion dollar industry. It's insane. I'll if advertise you, for somebody. Yeah, income stream. I can yeah. hook you up. Okay. Yeah, sure. I have a because currently my car is this murky color. I don't know what it is. Yeah. So it doesn't doesn't really affect make it me. pink. Oh, it looks kind of swampy. It's it's so strange. It's murky. <laughs> it's a murky grege. It's it, it is it is grege. It, it changes color throughout the day. My car. I need my car to be grege. Do you have a grege in stock? Uh, my car is grege. <laughs> it's grege. Um, now and guy is also a lover of food. Oh, that's salt. right. We've hardly yeah. talked. 
bone. About now, I do have a bone to pick with, guy. Do yeah. it. Nobody at the table what, knows about. Can we bring out the polo mallets first? I have to, the polo mallet. Don't you like the? Oh. It's a Woody Allen joke. Never mind. Mm-hmm. From what? Many movies. He always, you know, he always uses polo mallet as a way to get out ag- oh. friendly aggressions. Uh, uh, guy and I were at a gala. It's a lowercase g gala. <laughs> but I, I want to tell you uh, something I learned about Guy. I got to my table with my guest, and we removed, we, we were like, okay, we, we take these seats. We removed our napkins, and we put them on the chairs, and I had a glass of water, and I put my glass of water down, and I said to my friend, let's go get a cocktail. And then we go get a cocktail, and we come back, the and water who balance. is sitting God. in my seat? But Guy Shalem. He and took said, the water off took, the seats. He, no. The, the water was still at my place. He did remove my napkin. And I said, oh, hi, that's my seat. And Guy was like, oh, there's some empty seats over there. What? I said, but I was sitting here. And Guy Shalom was like, well, I'm sitting here now. What? And so I when sat, this down, I I sat down in the that's other a scandal. seat. And then I said, Guy, would you pass my half-drunk glass of water, please? And you handed me my glass of water, which I had already partially consumed. When did this happen? This was, was I at, really young and like. This was two weeks. No, this was <laughs> out, it I was a gay center, and I feel like it was on San Vicente at the at the Blue Whale. What did we call it? the Pacific Design Center? Was that the Pacific oh. Design Center? Mm-hmm. Oh. And so I just, you know, well, not, not, not very, I not, have not, I must have been forgiven, drunk. Yeah. But I have not, not forgotten. forgotten. <laughs> and terrible. in fact, when he's when, been waiting all episode to, well, to bring this I up. didn't want to. About, Guy invited me to that um, uh, oh, meeting of the Masters, you. which I went to. And oh, do you know that you sat, I was seated across from the most attractive Ooh. cantor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I what's had his name? Yuval? Met Yuval, yeah, yeah. but I he's met great. him. Yeah, he's great. This was a ter- little embarrassing. He's a very attractive cantor. And I said, he said, I said, what do you do? He said, I'm a cantor. I said, oh, at that synagogue on Pico. And he said, yes. I said, oh, I went to Friday night services there once. And of course, he was like, only once? But I wouldn't go <laughs> back because I was touched inappropriately during the service, but not by him. It would have been appropriate if it was by him because he's attractive. But uh-huh. the man who touched me was unattractive and so it was inappropriate so I never can I, went back can I tell you that you've all bored a couple of books for me and never returned them <gasps> so I'm gonna since we it's like picking a bone with someone else it should I'm passing pass, it, pass I'm paying it forward to the canter light you know? the candle I'm like I can't believe it how could he steal my books he's a vegan no, well he's guy vegan. guy is a very good cook and likes to yeah. likes to um, express Post. himself through cooking and bringing together um and so I, something I think he was doing privately um, became, you know, a little bit more of a thing. Now it's not really possible right now, but um, but no I'm, corona, I'm sure no it corona. will um, reemerge. One hopes it'll reemerge mm-hmm. post plague. It was, it was a beautiful evening. Thank you. It really, it was really at was. Garth, right? You came to the one with Garth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and it's a, it's very much. We had a the showrunner net. of uh, the, the Israeli creator of, of uh, Homeland. Did you get to meet him? And Alec Mappa so. came that evening. I remember I, some names. I was at such a great table. We had a Nina, really, really Nina, did you meet fun. Jim Rash that night? Jim Rash was there? I don't think okay, so. Okay, okay. Oh, I know Jim. Jim is lovely. I was yeah. inebriated yeah. and talking with the handsome vegan. That's character. great. Everybody sometimes it's, lock into one. It's Yeah, it's very much. And I had a long talk with Garth. He was showing me pictures yeah. of his clocks. Again, not a euphemism. <laughs> It's very much a, um, it's a, you know, kind of like networking event, but it does kind of like um, encourage you to, you kind of get partnered with people, with someone and you're, and you, it encourages you to really get to know to mix your it up, immediate you know, to to start a new conversation neighbors. that we need where it can't be just you know I always say about you know where I come from in Israel and and where I think America has become unfortunately it's it's this concept of us against them. And we need to change that. We can't live in a world where we don't want to talk to people on the other side of the fence, other side of the temp, of the table. And I mm-hmm. think what I try to do, case in point with Garth, we brought one female who was a successful author and remained nameless. And she, they got, I got a lot of backlash for because she, she was she was a Trump supporter. And I said, you know, it's important to have at least one or two maybe at the table because else we're just having a conversation in a bubble. And I think oh, that I I'm that. a big advocate of like through home cooked meal and some love at the table 
to start conversations that could be a little uncomfortable. We do need to be talking to each other. I yeah. think that's true. Like even assholes, horrible human beings that, that pushed you out of a table, stole your bottle of water, <laughs> and and then handed you a half drink uh, mm-hmm. with poison. There was poison there. I didn't tell I'm you. I'm sure. Should still be invited to a table. Uh. And, and here you are. <laughs> you are the ultimate schmoozer. Guy, it has been such a pleasure to talk. I, it was I feel to like be this is perhaps the longest conversation we've had. we have ever had. <laughs> and I don't regret a single moment of it. I think we I had to I wait. To. <laughs> <laughs> I said to Eric, do we really? Are we that desperate? Really? Ugh. I am delighted to spend this time with you. I thank you, know. you for being so open and Same especially here. about all of your. Criminal, the criminal past. Well, I, 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 I try to avoid it. Very shocking. Yes, Mexican tap, tap. jails. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, guys, for joining us. Yes, thank, and thank you, thank listeners, you, for um, checking this out. Salamat. And we you know, are looking for, you know, there's, there's a whole back catalog of episodes. You're welcome to peruse. And uh, until next time, bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. bye.